to another episode of Chronic Relief with Rachel Wolfson. Uh, today we have a, another amazing comedian. I'm just going to introduce her right now. Please welcome comedian Kalia McNeil. What's up? Hey. Or as they know her in high school, Kalia McNeilfee. McNeilfee. Or K-Mac, right? K-Mac. Kalia yeah. and I met, How did we meet first through weed or through comedy? I think it was a, a hybrid. It was a mixture of both. I want to say we met at the Funniest Fuck show. Oh, yeah. In Venice. Okay. I first saw you. When I first saw you do stand up, my mind was blown. I thought you were the funniest <laughs> thing. I was so high. I was like, she's so fucking funny. And immediately I was like, I want to be friends with her. I want to know her. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. We we met in Venice. I think I was also working at the restaurant at the time too i was a host oh, were you? yeah okay okay so the many jobs of comedians yeah oh, i'm yeah. a comedian i yeah. drive uber i do every yeah i do literally <laughs> everything until i don't have to do that anymore Listen. but um yeah so uh immediately i was like very like just i want to hang out with you and then <laughs> i think i did your show in venice and then we became friends and then we both became friendly with yeah. jessime yeah uh, our weed mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to put that. Yeah. She's like our, yeah, she's our weed. Mom. Yeah. She's our weed mom. And yeah. So thank you for, so much for coming on the podcast Absolutely. today. I've been wanting to have you on for forever. And basically I just really like talking with comedians mm. about kind of the heavy side of things. I think we're good at talking about yeah. ourselves and yeah. opening up. And I think like mental health is something that, means a lot to me and I think a lot of comedians are affected by mental health whether or not it's people in their family right. or themselves um we all have mental health and like comedy is so introspective and yeah I just I know you love to smoke weed as well mm -hmm. you're um also the co-host or host of Mary yeah, Jane's co-host of um about that time on Mary Jane with Noah Rubin mm -hmm. love Noah yeah um, he's put me on and we I'm He's I definitely love, my weed dad. Yeah, I love uh, the family over at Mary Jane. Also, shout out to our sponsors, Kush Queen. Um, I'm going to have to get you some bath bombs and some of her products. Oh, sure. That's the sponsor of Chronic Relief. And um, yeah, so it's really been cool to watch you kind of blossom into the weed <laughs> community. <laughs> and like, you. yeah. You know, as well as um, being a fan of you as a comedian. And I think that the community loves you Thank and you're going <laughs> to only just keep developing a fan base yeah. and your voice and being this figure in the community. And that's Thank so you. cool. And I'm so uh, supportive <laughs> of that. When did you first start smoking weed? I so I, I had the typical like dabble in high school, like, oh, let me smoke weed in the bathroom. But even then, I wouldn't have considered myself like a like a weed smoker. It was very sporadic, just kind of when friends had weed. Right. We would smoke it. And, and you grew up in California. Right. I grew up in uh, near near the Bay Area in Fairfield. And um, there's good weed out there. There is good weed out there. There's great. I now appreciate the weed that's out there. Wow. For sure. Like, yeah. I hate going to dispensaries out there, though. Yeah. Because they're super by the book. Like, well, it's changed since legalization and everything. But yeah. I remember before uh, it passed, I went up north to outside lands. Yeah. And some of the dankest weed ever. Oh so God. heavy. Yeah. That was but, years uh, ago. So I you were in high school. I was in high school when I when I first hit the J. But 
Would I you say, say college you refinement. Smoke every day now. Now, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Like I try. Like it's like I don't know. Like if it was another drug, it would definitely be considered an addiction. Right. So it's like, am I addicted? What's your favorite way to smoke? I love to smoke blunts. Okay. I'm I'm a blunt smoker. I will roll a joint, like if need be. But like as a last resort. Yeah, like super last. Do you like, like Swishers or backwoods? Um, or I like Dutch Masters. Okay. Yeah, I like. I do a honey Dutch. Um, that's very East Coast of you. It was because I lived in Atlanta. And oh, that's, that's right. That's really where I, when I started. Like I'm I'm now smoking weed. It was like right. halfway through college. So. Everybody out there smoked that shit. Yeah, I lived on the East Coast for 10 years, so like, I was like, how does she know about that? Yeah. Like, that's very East Coast. So true. So um, w- at what point like, would you say you started more consistently smoking? I would say I started consistently smoking when I moved to L.A. Like okay. I, I was always like, because it's just the culture out here is different. It's like even when I lived in Georgia, it, it and it still isn't legal, but it's like you're 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 waiting on the weed man to hit you back. Right. If, if he's out, then you're you, you're hitting your homie up, but your homie's not going to give you his weed man's number because his weed man doesn't trust anybody but him. And, right. You know, it's it's that weird. So it's like you either have weed or you don't. So right. it's like even if you're a consistent smoker, if you're not buying by the ounce in Georgia, you know, you're out of weed sometimes. But when I moved to L.A. and I just started to go to these little like, you know, the little – the, the pop-up dispensaries, the little yeah. hood ones that'll be shut down next week and there'll be another one across the street. I started going to some of those and, you know, it's just like I always have weed and, right. I'm, you know, doing the Mary Jane stuff. And right. So it's like I'm I'm around weed a lot. Is your family know you smoke weed? They do now. Uh, not like right now, but right. it's like I feel like they've had to accept it a little bit more. Really, once I started with Mary Jane, it's okay. like even though I've smoked weed all this time, it's like I'm. I know, like, and both of my parents were in law enforcement. My mom oh. was a correctional counselor. Uh, so we ha- we have okay. kind of a similar, my dad was a correctional officer, a parole agent. Like, shit, we got out. Yeah, we, we got out. So it's just like there, and my sister's a doctor. Oh, my God. And she's older than me. It's just Man, us. we come from a very accomplished family. Like, so I can relate to yeah. that. Yeah. My sister's a prosecutor. Is she so. older than you as well? Nope. See, that this, <laughs> and this was, I think they were like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Like, because I'm seven years younger right. than my sister. They're like, oh, Kalia, it's just a phase. What? See, I was the rough draft. Yeah. That was the final copy. <laughs> there you it go. Works. It works. There you I'm, go. I'm, you know, I'm taking my time. So, um, so at what point, when did you start doing comedy? I started doing comedy in 2000. 12. I started doing comedy, specifically stand-up comedy in 2012 um, in, in Atlanta. LA? Oh, in Atlanta. Yeah, I started at the Laughing Skull. That was my first stage, oh, actually. Wow. Yeah, uh, I did one of their amateur nights. Very cool. And it was under much, like, distress because it was like, I went to school for theater. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a comedic actor, but, like, stand-up comedy specifically was never, ever on my radar. Okay. Um. But just with my personality, you have people, you know, people ask, you, you should do comedy. You should do comedy. It's okay. like, well, no, I'm I'm an actor. I'm not right. a stand-up comedian. Right. And then it was just like one day, it was just like, F it. I had just gotten back from a cruise. I was working for Royal Caribbean as, at the time as a DJ. So I just gotten back from a stint with them. And, of course, on the cruise ship, I was seeing all types of entertainment. You were a DJ? Seeing, yeah. Do you bar mitzvahs too, girl? I can. Okay. <laughs> Do you know someone? I I know tons of Jews. Maybe after this podcast, <laughs> book me for your yeah. bar mitzvah. Uh, it, it will be a it will be a chutzpah of the time. <laughs> Amazing. 
But um, I just started seeing a lot of stand-ups, like, you know, doing cruise comedy and things okay. like that. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. I went to their open mic night, did it, was done with it. But I moved to L.A. later that year. And how do you do you remember how you felt when you first? I I, I was comfortable because right. I was I was I was used to hosting shows or being in front of people. So that was never a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest issue when I started to stand up and it wasn't like. I don't even think I have the story of like, oh, I sucked when I started. Mm-hmm. I think my issues when I started were more on how I prepared myself. Right. Um, because I was used to acting, I would write out a joke as if it were a script. Okay. Like, and then I, and I mean down to the the T, and I'm memorizing this script. But when right. you get on stage, it's like you have your set, but this guy is going to laugh at something that you didn't think was mm-hmm. funny. And, and this lady's not going to laugh at what you thought was the punch. Okay. And, you know, so it was like I had to break myself from that just robotic right. writing because it's, it's two completely different things. Right. So that was my biggest struggle, like, when I first started, for sure. What kept you going back? Not working. Not getting any acting gigs. when I Because I kind of left it alone when I was in Atlanta. I tried it. But later that year, I moved to L.A. and I'm like, OK, now I'm, I'm a serious actor because I've made the move. But nothing's happening. And people were still having these conversations with me. You should try stand up. You're really funny. And I'm like, I've tried that. I did it one time mm-hmm. at the Laughing Skull. Like, I'm and I'm not famous. So it didn't work. Like, wow. I'm cool. But I ran into this guy um, at the barbershop of all places. Mm-hmm. His name is Vince D. He's an old school Def Jam comic, and he used to do first and third Thursdays at the Comedy Union. Wow. And he was like, and it's like, in hindsight, I know exactly what he was doing. He gave me the opportunity, but he was also like, I need to get these fucking tickets sold. (laughs) And I've always been a hustler, so it's like he gave me, like, we were just having a conversation. I told him I had tried comedy, and he's like, well, you know, you can open up my show for me. You just got to sell 10 tickets. And I'm like, okay, and he gave me hard tickets and there was no price on the ticket so my first question was well how much do you need back for these tickets and he was like a hundred dollars so i was selling the tickets for 15 that way i'm like well i'm at least i'm making you know 50 bucks out the deal there's no price on here it's like i gotta eat so you know i and at the time it's like of course when you're new to comedy all your friends are coming out right so they haven't seen it so it's like i'm i'm selling these tickets and then it got to the point where he wasn't even really tripping off that anymore Right. Because, like, I was doing a good job. Like, I would, you know, basically just do the cold open of the show and bring him on. And I got close with Inns, the owner of the Comedy Union. So I just started. That was that's my my home club, Comedy Union. Met somebody there who had me going up at Flappers a lot, which I love Flappers. Yeah. They have the best food. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What do you like there? The pizza. Okay, you recommend the pizza. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, because they do it in <laughs> the stone oven. Pizza. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, pizza and a vodka Red Bull. Okay. That's, That's it. That's the Kalia special. That's the Kalia special. At what Flappers. pizza you get? Cheese? Pepperoni. 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 She goes wild. Pepperoni, and then I shake the peppers on there and the Parmesan cheese. Don't talk to me. Okay. Don't. Just give me a minute. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I have You eat it, it t- before or after your set? It's actually strategic. I order it right before my set. So as soon as you get as off. As soon as I get off. But I have them give it to me in the to-go box already. Oh, Because wow. I'm going to eat half at the club. And then when I get home and smoke, I'm eating the other half. Okay. I'm a, next time I go, I'm going to ask for the special. Oh, yeah. Kalia special. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget the vodka Red Bull. I won't. If that's your thing. It gives me wings. People people give vodka such a bad... It has such a bad rep. I don't understand. I think vodka gives people a bad rep. <laughs> <laughs> 
not our people, but right. I it's feel not like the vodka's just... problem. It's a people problem. There we go. See, because we've always don't blame it on the vodka. It's just a sack of potatoes. And yeah. It's most godly form the there way, we go the way lo- the lord intended, intended us to drink it you know that's how they're drinking it in prison mm-hmm. it's true yeah i respect that well then okay so mm-hmm. you so comedy union's your home club yeah and then flappers and you've just and then at what point were you like okay weed and comedy that i purposely waited a while mm-hmm. i've only probably been doing weed and comedy um probably well shoot time does fly i mean at this point it's probably been about two and a half three years okay that i've been combining the two um but what it was was when i first came out just because of how i look i knew that people were always expecting they weren't what the set they got is not what they expected okay and they were always pleasantly surprised but like i'll have got I thought you were going to get up there and talk about bitches and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, no. Like, I mean, if it comes up. Right. But no. Like, I my sets are just like my conversations. I'm not sitting here talking about pussy right now. Right. So I don't feel the need to. And not, not knocking anybody that does. Right. But that's what people often expect when they saw me. So one of my. And then, of course, um, if it were like when I first got over to Flappers, you know. They, they don't expect, you know, they don't know what's coming. They don't right. know what the vernacular is about to be. They don't know. But it's like because of how I grew up or where I grew up, I'm very comfortable in any type of club. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of black comics who won't do white clubs and mm-hmm. vice versa because, it, I mean, the audiences are very different. Just like a weed audience is very right. different, you know. What do, um, you, what do you use the weed for? What do you mean? Like, is it medical for you or is it? I mean, I have learned to appreciate, I guess, the the medical purposes of weed. Um, but no, I I enjoy getting high. Yeah, I enjoy getting high. That, I, that's how I create high. I'm not as much of a drinker. Okay, I'm not as much of a drinker. I can go to a bar and and be upset that I'm not smoking. Okay, like I would like if somebody is like I would rather smoke than drink. Do Absolutely, you always perform high. Would you say? Most of the time. Okay. Most of the time, I definitely do. The only time I don't is if I'm doing a clean show. Okay. Because when I perform high, I get very comfortable and I don't want to slip up. Okay. Yeah. And since the clean shows are the shows that pay, <laughs> right. for the most part, uh, yeah, no, I don't smoke before those. Okay. Um, Have you ever, like, have you, are you, would you consider yourself, like, do you ever, do you get stage fright? Like, uh, do you get nervous before you get on stage? Oh, every time. Anxi- would you, anxiousness? Um, yeah, I would say a little bit of anxiety, but I feel like that's, you need, Excitement? you need that. Yeah. You need that to kind of fuel you. It's, and then it's like, when you get off stage, you're so wired up. Like, I'm so amped up by that. When I get off stage, it's almost like I can go back again. But I'm always, the, the, the day I'm not nervous, you know, that's time to stop. Yeah. Time to stop. Every, you should always, cause you because then you're know. not challenging yourself. Absolutely. What makes you happy? Uh, Rolo, my dog. Okay. That's uh, that's my good friend. Uh, this is going to sound bad. Weed, weed makes me happy. That's not bad. Is that, okay, good. This is no judgment does. zone. It, it definitely makes me happy. And um, this is going to sound strange. Um, old reruns of the Jersey Shore. Why are you so judgmental of yourself? You're right. I am. <laughs> it's old, not strange. Old, old reruns you know, of the Jersey Shore. Any, there's probably like at <laughs> least two shit. people who listen to this podcast who would agree with you. Hell yeah. Yeah. Have no, you, I love the Jersey Shore. 
Re- no one's hating on you for that. That shit's hilarious. Yes. Are you, that's why when you go to when we, you go to other countries, that's what people think of us. Oh yeah, for Americans. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What um what makes you sad? Oh. Um what makes me sad? My my thoughts. Okay. I I think um I I mean as you've even subtly point out, you know, I definitely am my own worst critic. Okay. Um I, I yeah, my thoughts. I can definitely I can get lost in my thoughts. I've never really liked to be alone and silent okay. not necessarily like i need to be in a relationship party but it's like even like even when i was younger my mom told me the worst punishment even if she would spank me the worst punishment was her sending me to my isolation because yeah. like you could tell me to sit on the couch and don't move and i'll sit there and i'll be quiet i won't yeah. move i know i'm on punishment i'll sit here but you put me in that room i'm having a fit yeah i can't once i get alone i start thinking about la Right. And it's depressing. The dark parts. Yeah. Yeah. The parts that aren't on Instagram. How do you how do you get out of that? I will usually if I'm at home, I'll head out, go out with Rolo. We'll go for a walk. I don't live too far from a park, so we'll do our thing. Um, I'll roll up. Or I mean, every now and then it's like you have that one person where you can kind of unload on. But it even takes a lot for me to do that. It's almost yeah. like my cup has to be like running over right. before I'm able to spill anything out. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's just, I'm, I just think we're so used to internalizing or putting it in our work. And it's like, if you, if you're booked, you know, four or five days this week, that's, you know, four or five different extremely euphoric feelings. So you don't really feel like you're sad until you have that day where you don't have a show and now you're just sitting at home and you're just like, fuck. You get hard on yourself after have not having a show for one day? No, not even not even off of not having a show, but I think if I don't have a show it gives my mind a chance to You're like, focus okay, what on do I do life. with this energy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I like to stay busy. So it's like even if I don't have a show, if I'm I'm here, I'm doing the podcast, yeah. or I'm doing something, it's like I'm not focused You're on not isolated anything somewhere. crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So you'll go there quickly? I can. It depends on I think it depends on what level my cup is at. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I had a pretty big release uh, a couple weeks ago. So it's like, I'm chill right now, but um, I'm like constantly teetering on the, like, it won't take much. You know, I, I get that. Cause like for me, I'm, I feel like I, I was in like a deep hole this past year of depression. And I've just, I was like, I just need to pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So I just really got into exercise and eating healthy and keeping busy, immersing myself into comedy and like the things that matter to me. Right. And I pulled myself out and I'm like, oh, gosh, at what point? Like at what what's going to trigger Like at what what does it yeah. take? But I also think like we as humans, we are afraid to allow ourselves oftentimes to, to be happy and enjoy yeah. the good moments and like. I think we we all have these inner roommates that like take up rent in our rent free. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they literally don't pay rent, but they just sometimes talk shit. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you don't even live here. Yeah. You don't even you don't pay rent here. Yeah. How did who let you in? I changed the locks. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think it's a mind game or a tool you have to kind of like anything else. The mind is a muscle mm-hmm. and there's certain things you can do when those 
moments come in, those moments of doubt. Um, it's self-talk, really. It's yeah. really being your own best friend and like that. Because there's not always going to be someone who's there, especially as comedians. We're on the road. And like the only time we will have interaction with other people yeah. is when we're performing. Yeah, very true. And very then true. it's like back to your hotel room. And, you know, it's late. Your friends are asleep. Yeah. Your significant others masturbated themselves. Yeah, to in, sleep. You know, <laughs> like there's no one to talk to. Yeah. So I you think that's Instagram. also another. Yeah. And then you start to like have, you know, FOMO and like seeing. And, and you know, it's you got to you got to self talk yourself out of those moments. Mm-hmm. And it's rough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes I wish as comedians, and I guess we can, but I just, at, at least where I'm at in my career, I think it would be detrimental to my career. But I wish we could, I could take a social media break sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, my version of a social media break is way different than other people's. Like, other people, like if they take a social they're off. They're, they've taken the app off their phone, they're off of Instagram, Facebook for 30 days, 60 days, whatever their break is. But it's like, I mean, well, how do I promote the shows? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I get content out there? So it's like my social media break is, okay, I'm only going to post about shows. Like I'm not going to scroll. I'm not going to post, you know, little cute with Rolo. It's like it's just the show. Like I'm just focused on work right now. But that doesn't work. Yeah. Because you're on Instagram. You're still there. Like. Yeah. No, I I totally get that. I think a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, so like, I think social media can be bad for mental health. You know, that's no secret. And I think that taking a break is so healthy. And I also think it's hard for us, like you said, as comedians to do that because we, you know, how do we promote ourselves? I think it's good to take breaks. Like I, I didn't post on my memes account for three days and I was like, okay, I'm, I feel good, you know, but I also know like I need to keep, going i just have to fight through it and that's another skill is really just seeing social media for what it is and i try i think it's important also to keep certain things in your life off social media like there's it's good to like keep things like i i think it's good to you know for me personally i don't want to post a lot about my relationship on social media right if I can avoid that. Right. <laughs> I think some things are meant to be sacred. Yeah. Plus, yeah. like, as your fan base grows, they really pay attention to a lot. you. The They they think they know you, and they do. They know what you're putting. They yes. know you and the stuff that you're putting out there. And I forget sometimes when I meet people or whatever, they even knew, like, my ex-boyfriend's cat's names. Like, so. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, shit. You know, people pay attention. They're in, they, they're in tune. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, I think it's healthy to find a balance. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like oversharing on social media is it's, but then you, it's like, I'm completely against that because I used to do that like in, in college when it was, when it was still new. Yeah. And it was We've like, well, who gives a fuck? But, but then I've seen people's entire divorces take place on yeah. Facebook and I'm just like, oh my God, please. Like I'm, I'm going, well, <laughs> is I'm anything sacred anymore? Right now, can like, we just with, keep divorce sacred? You can't. I think it's so awkward too. Like when two people are of the same industry, like, um, like I know two comedians that used to 
kind of deal with each other and it's playing out on social media. Oh man, and it's messy. It's like nobody's commenting. Oh wow. And nobody because it's like, well, I can't comment on hers. Yeah. I mean, we're all caught we do yeah. each other's shit. Yeah. Oh, like, what do you do? Like, oh my. Oh. Ah. Yeah. We live in a different world for sure. Like completely. And it's so it's like it's very asinine to describe because it's like, oh well, yeah, fuck social media. But like honestly, like that's the first threat. I had a <laughs> I had a psychopath like a couple weeks ago. Really? Uh sent me a meme of myself. Okay. Um, because I booked a show and you know, I put up the thing that said booked and he I guess copied and pasted that and put for fraud underneath. <gasps> and he he texted to me while I'm on set. And I'm like, what the hell? So I, you know, I put my phone up. I'm like, this is not about to disturb my. Is that a comedian who did that? Yeah, yeah. He's your friend or no? Um, I I thought we were acquaintances. I put him on his first show, um, at the top of the year. And what it was is he asked because you know I always I'll put I'll put out you know now booking, but it's like as I've gotten better at producing, just because I say I'm booking, like I might only have like one or two spots because I'm right. I'm making sure that this is a fire ass show. So yeah. it's like I can't. Like, if if those two slots are full, okay, well, I got you in August. Yeah. That's, it was literally that type of conversation at the top of July. I was like, I got you in August. And it literally turned into from that, it was, oh, you, you know, you think you're the shit. You think you're this. You think you're that. And I'm like, dude, you think all those things. Yeah, me. why I've, is he projecting? I've, I've never said, like, nobody in, like, and I mean, I'm talking about attacking, like, to the point of, Oh, uh, you know, you're a you're a fake celebrity. Nobody watches Crazy Ex Girlfriend. He then um, copied and pasted his entire IMDb and sent it to me. Dang, you triggered him. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? You made I him told insecure. you I got you in August. Like this was not a. I wasn't brushing you off. Yeah. Like I got you in August, and it's like, yeah. and now it's like I'm trying not to go the fuck off on you via text because. You're gonna screenshot that, and you're gonna try to blast me. Yeah, and it's just like, and, I, and, and then it's just like, bro, like, stop it with the shit. Like, it got to the point where, of course, like, I blocked him, but Good. like that day on set, when I got when I saw that first text, I put the phone in my pocket, I went on about my day. By the time we wrapped, which was probably like six hours later, over three hundred text messages from this guy. No way. And like, and I and I read through them all, and when I tell you, because I guess he assumed I was. I know you're always on your phone. I know you're looking at this. You're ignoring me. Da, 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 da. And then, you know, and then I'm just like, I'm waiting. I'm like, this is going to turn this. I'm going to get the either the racist or the homophobic comment pretty soon. Yeah. And then it was, of course, the, it was the homophobic first. Was, well, you, you, you dress like a dude, but you can't step to dudes. Like, that's why you're not saying shit. And it's like, bro, I'm on set. Like, yeah, you're at work. I'm working right now. Yeah. Like, and I've never. It's like, I'm, He's I'm jealous. I'm very uncomfortable using certain words like like fans and things like that because I don't. I just I don't see it that way. Yet. Yeah. So it's like don't be sitting up here talking about when that's the further nobody can say Kalia is if, if anyone says anything about me they can't say oh she's she's stuck up she thinks yeah, she's the shit. No. The- and also you are booked you have you are on Crazy Ex Girlfriend I've seen your stuff on I see your posts <laughs> I see you're out here on like primetime television so that guy is whack one two as comedians you know. And as an actor, we deal with a lot of rejection. Yeah. How do you, how do you keep going with that? Now, and I think it's just, there's literally, I think there's honestly two different parts of your brain. Like, I mean, of course we all know that, but it's like, I can feel it sometimes yeah. because it's almost like, this is a part of the job. Like, right. I'm going to go on this audition and I'm, if, if I leave the audition knowing I gave it my all, 
and somebody else gets it, I know either they like literally did that much better than me or, you know, whatever, you know, with acting, they could be a name or what have yeah. you. Like it's gotten to the point, like, as I will always watch something, whether I get it or not, I want right. to see, I want to see, cause in, to me, it's a learning tool. If, if she got it, well, let Why me see she, how she yeah. executed that. That's and smart. you know, it, I've started to see the caliber of actor that I'm auditioning with. So to me, I'm still not bothered if there's certain things that I don't get. Cause there was a, there's a show that, um, I can't remember what network, uh, called 911 that, mm-hmm. uh, Angela Bassett is the executive producer of that. And I auditioned for one of the cop roles. They love giving me cop roles cause of my hair. Yeah. And I didn't get it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. Watch the show. And when I saw the lady who got it, I've seen this woman on law and order. Mm-hmm. She's in one of my favorite movies, uh, Mr. Brooks. I'm like, this lady is, but, but. This is who I was auditioning That's, against. Yeah, to how, me, what a compliment, right? It's like it, they're they're at this point. It's not a lose. It, there's it's a win win, right? I'm learning because at I'm a certain seeing, point, those people are gonna no, they're not they're gonna age out of those roles. You're the next generation. Right. You know what so I mean? So it, it feels good. So I just it's like it, I don't even look at when I don't book an audition as a rejection. It's like okay, well, when's the next audition? Right. Because it's it, what's the first thing you ever booked? The first thing I ever booked was Animal Kingdom on TNT. Amazing. Yeah. Were you stoked? Uh, I was. It was. It was really. It was really cool. Um, I. <laughs> I Were you on Orange Is the New Black as well? No. See, a lot of people because I my character was in jail on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Okay. Okay. So that's I was. Where I in, saw you. Yeah. yeah you were because like, normally you do play cop. I've seen yeah. you also in cop roles too. So yeah. No. And on on Animal Kingdom, I was a Coast Guard agent. So there's Amazing. that. But no, it was. What's I the mean, biggest thing you've booked yet? I would say Crazy X just because it, it's my. It was my first recurring. Amazing. And that was, and I mean, that was a shocker because it was supposed to be a one day, it was a two day, one episode shoot. Yeah. And um, it, it just, it turned into, you know, about five episodes. Wow. And it was like, it was, to me, it was so monumental because it was the, it was their final season. I was on the first and the last episode of the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was, it felt good. It, yeah. You know, it was like, I, I can do this. I, I it's want validating. to do this. This yeah. is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is it that you want to be doing in this industry, in this space? Ultimately, um, I I want to act. Mm-hmm. I want to create opportunities. Um, I, I, I want to be the, I want to be a part of, if not, you know, the spearhead of like my own Seth Rogen clique my own Adam Sandler click. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you, it, you, we realize that when we get older, you watch Adam Sandler movies, you're like, damn, like his friends have been in all, wait, that's the guy from, the, yeah. th- th- these are his friends, mm-hmm. that's why. Of course they're actors and comedians, but they're his friends mm-hmm. first. You know, Seth Rogen is really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. You go, I mean, all the way back to super bad. You don't start connecting those dots until you're watching later shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like, these are friends. Like one of my favorite movies is uh, This Is The End, first mm-hmm. of all fucking hilarious movie <laughs> but it's like for him to get he had superstars in that rihanna was in that yeah everybody was in that movie everybody was there for that one day shoot you know for that one yeah. scene and it's like how did he how the hell did because they were his friends yeah because he has built a community and it's like i can't like i just feel like we're the we're, we're kind of the next wave of that yeah even through our shows like for so sure that that's what i want to like my muse is is Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. I I have ever since I was a little girl, I have always looked up to Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the way she was able to just kind of play her game and catapult her career. I I've never heard anybody say anything bad about her 
And then it's then it I mean it doesn't it's like everything went full circle and now she's in the marijuana industry. Yeah. So I'm just like this woman, like Yeah. That's that's my kind of She's doing it all. Yeah. 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 Whoopi such an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to see, you know, her transition into the cannabis space and her products, Whoopi and Meyer, are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Have you met her yet? I have not met her. Have you used any of the products? I've used the Whoopi and Maya bath bomb. Yeah. And they had a, a topical, like, to rub, like, if your joints are aching. Yeah. I've used that before. I like the products. I yeah. mean, I, I, I support her, so I, I'm yeah, with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I support her as well. A, a woman in cannabis. <laughs> a, and a comedian as well. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, do you see yourself staying in L.A.? Yeah. I mean, I'm a California girl to the core regardless. Um, and I just, I I enjoy being warmer than I do being cooler. So I'm never going to move to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, How do your parents feel? Because they're, like, I can really, on such a, that, like, my parents work in law enforcement. Yeah. Um, do How do they, how do they feel about you now? Like, with, are they accepting of they, the cannabis they... and... They accept it. Yeah. Um, Are they still concerned just, that it's not, like federally illegal? Or? No, I don't even think that's the issue. I think their thing is just image. Okay. They're like, well, you know, I just, you, I don't want you looking like some pothead and this and that. And like, I'm just like, you people lived through the 60s. Yeah. I know there are some secrets there. Like, <laughs> I know it. Tell me the secrets. Like, but it, it's funny because it's definitely my mom over my dad. And it's okay. funny because my dad is actually, he's a pastor now. Oh, wow. He's so much more chill than my mom. Like, my mom, like, if she's coming to visit, I'm not going to smoke in my apartment probably for a week before she comes. I'm making sure everything is, and, like, I'll step outside and smoke when she's there, and she knows that. But I just, I don't even. How does your sister, the doctor, feel? Mm -mm. She does not She doesn't talk about it. Oh, wow. She doesn't talk to me about it uh, too much. Kedra is very, um, she's, she's. She's very straightforward. Okay. Very straightforward. And it's funny because her husband is a pastor. Wow. <laughs> and me and him are like. Homies? Yeah. Oh, are, do, do they all live in California? They, yeah. Kedra and Joe live kind of in Berkeley, in the Berkeley area. Uh, my dad lives in Vallejo. My mom lives in Fairfield. Uh, but they're all within like a 30, 45 minute radius of each other. Wow. It's like LA to Orange County type thing. So they're California. Yeah. I mean. Weed is everywhere here. Yeah. So, and it's like with my sister being a doctor, because I've asked her before, like, you know, has she ever had to write prescriptions? And her, but she's a pediatrician. Okay. So, uh, she was like, she'll have older patients that will try it, but well, there's kids now, uh, they're prescribing CBD for seizures and things like that. Oh, really? Well, I think in there's like cases in Denver and like, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. CBD is being used to treat seizures. I'm trying to. It's funny that you say that because I'm trying to integrate CBD oil like into my mother's diet somehow. Yeah. It's like she has knee problems. She actually does also have seizures from time to time if she's not on her medication. Um, so these are things that I've like suggested to her. But it's like she hears that and she's like, weed, 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 weed. Like I'm going to yeah. be high. It's like. No, you got to educate her. It's like, a non-psychoactive part of the plant and send her articles about how yeah. it's helping. That's a good uh, idea. Send her it's parents like information. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, watch my video on the bud, how to talk to your parents about smoking weed. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but yeah, no. Uh, and then uh, if there's any CBD companies out there who are listening, please send Kalia please. Some, some samples <laughs> to send to her mom so she can 
start feeling better because I, I, um, there's so many great yeah. CBD companies out there and products and things for like, uh, you know, my mom also, she uses lotion to help her fall asleep at night and mm-hmm. she found her favorite gummies and Oh, work. I'm telling you it's, it's so your parents are into it. My, not my dad, my mom, uh, she's CBD, never smoked weed in her okay. life. She's very, uh, she's pro CBD. Okay. okay. Cause I mean, honestly, it's just like, I would rather see her do stuff like that than like use any of the sleeping meds. Yeah, and for sure. It's just so much healthier and she's just, you know, I think it's much better for Did her. Did you hear Vegas had their first, uh, weed truck heist? What? Yeah. Like what? a couple days ago, Mary Jane just reported it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. I'm reading through the They got hijacked. It's so hilarious. Literally. They're like, you're ruining this for everyone. This just started. <laughs> it's like now they're. They had high heists. <laughs> it was literally a heist. Literally. Heist. Um, so they got weed jacked? Yeah. They got hijacked. Yeah. One of the delivery trucks. Damn. <laughs> Do we know a company? I cannot remember. And I don't know why I'm. Did they find that? Did they find them? The... That I don't know. Damn. When I saw the article, it had literally just been reported. And they were talking about, I guess, new measures. Like these, Vegas new is measures. about to have armored weed trucks. That's dope. <laughs> you gotta try protect, it if you want to. You gotta protect the plant. Yeah. Sheesh. It's a high commodity. Imagine that. Um, where can people follow you, find you, see your stuff? Yeah, you can follow me on IG um, at whatever Kalia. I'm on Facebook at Kalia Funny. Um, I live in Inglewood. <laughs> you're out here saying yeah you know guest. i'm just you know but no you can catch me there i post all of my shows on on social media um on august 15th tune into baskets on fx i'll be on that episode and look for me on uh amazon prime video laugh after dark season two episode 12 that's amazing yeah that's so cool <laughs> you have so much to be proud of and this is like only the beginning even though i know you've been doing it for a while but just like you know you're dope no, it's the, it's and know beginning. you're dope you know thank you and uh thank you so much for coming on today and um yeah you're dope this was fun as hell um thank you so much for listening to another episode of chronic relief sponsored by kush queen uh follow like comment subscribe uh, to the podcast Chronic Relief with Rachel Wolfson, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, leave me a comment, uh, rate, review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Um, also, if there's any comedians you would like to see on the podcast, uh, feel free to DM me, Wolfie Comedy, Wolfie Memes. And thanks for listening. I hope you guys are high, happy, and having a good rest of your day. And I will see you guys next week. I loved it.